0: We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Ben. And tonight... We are looking at the Doctor Who episode, The Tsuranga Conundrum. While looking for junk, the TARDIS gang find a sonic mine and set it off. The next thing you know, they find themselves on a hospital ship heading away from the TARDIS. While the Doctor reluctantly agrees to go with the ship to its base, where they can then be returned to the TARDIS, another little problem crops up along the way. a pating A.K.A. a space gremlin. While the space gremlin literally eats the ship out from under them, an expectant alien goes into labor, sidelining Graham and Ryan as doulas. The base hospital decides to destroy the ship rather than risk contamination, and the doctor and a space general who's sicker than she lets on must save the day. All right, the Rung Surunga conundrum. Uh, another Chris Chibnall. Yeah, he's busy. I, I'll give the man this. He's been—I guess—he's been sitting around waiting for years to crank out some episodes of Doctor Who, and and given the chance, he's going for it full, full hearted. Um, so what did you think of the episode? Meh. Okay. I. I you know, I. It's um, just there. I actually didn't want to watch it the second time. <laughs> I've only watched it once. I watched it the once, and I kind of enjoyed it, but at the same time, I was like, eh, it's all right. Uh, but, but I enjoyed it. I mean, on the, on the plus, not the negative side, slightly. And, um, but when I got around to watching it again, as soon as it started up, I'm like, oh, yeah, this was so slow. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to have to kill another 45, 50 minutes to get through to the end of it just to find out if it was really 51 seconds spoiler it was not 51 seconds even by the most generous of systems it never is it was 97 if you counted just just the time no that can't be right well maybe it was 97 but i don't think it was i think might actually be 60 seconds more than that um if you you just count the scenes with the doctor and yaz and ignore the fact that they jump back for like 40 or 50 minutes with the baby being born um (laughs) In that particular sequence, but um, yeah, it was, and it, that really didn't happen until I started watching it. It was, it was when I started it that I just sort of, kind of went, oh, oh yeah, all right, fine, I'll watch it, but i i didn't I didn't actually want to, um, Why? and I didn't dislike it. I and like I said, it just it just felt like it was going to be a long time before I got to the end. Hmm. It just, it just, and there were things about it I quite liked. Um, so I, I not sure. I'm really not sure. I think it's just the the amount of time they didn't spend on the story. What story?
1: The the gremlin, the that, gremlin, the director said. That's yeah. that's a plot complication. It was hard. I mean that, and that's that's I think that's why I kind of feel kind of meh about. It. I mean I didn't like it. I mean I when it was over, uh Keith and I just kind of looked at each other and he's he was kind of making a you know funny face like and I'm like well it was just there.
0: Was he imitating the gremlin? No. No. Oh.
1: No, he was just showing his actual feelings, and that was just, yeah. It was there, and it's just—it's just there. Of course, I mean, there are a lot of classic Doctor Who's that were just there. Yeah. Uh, but that's—but that's what this one was. I mean, the whole bit with Batang was really nothing more than just a. It, it, it amounted to nothing more than a plot complication because everything that we saw going on around it dealt with a result of this little thing that we're seeing just hopping around the ship, eating everything.
0: It's definitely a base under siege <clears throat> um, variant, uh, but you know, I guess, I guess the question is, if if you have a base under siege story, for example, so Ice Warriors or Cybermen or whomever it is that's trying to get into the base, take over the base, you have to defend the base. I mean, this is very classic Troughton era Doctor Who story. I, I, I guess I feel like the menace from those kinds of creatures, because they're intelligent, mm-hmm. is more meaningful. The pat- Correct. The p- thing did not appear to be...
1: No, it's just a thing that desires energy uh, you know, to
0: eat. That's it. So so it's a, it's a natural disaster, if you will. It's of sorts, a, a, yeah. A, oh, you know, a plague of locusts, or... It, it's just... It's alien. Although, to be fair, there is that film about the ants. The giant, the, you know, the army ants coming in and fighting it. So, I mean, you can make a story. Not not a Doctor Who story, but... I can't think of the name of that movie to save my life right now. But, uh, um, you know, it, it can be done. But it, it, it was a little underwhelming. And also, mm-hmm. he didn't... He wasn't just eating energy. Well, that' I mean, true. He he was eating
1: everything inside. It, it appeared to be.
0: Yeah, and although they kind of made this sort of oh well, he blacked out the power in the life pod, and he blacked out the power in the. Here, he really didn't. It really didn't seem like the mischief that he was doing. The places that he was going, he was just. He was just playing the part of a gremlin, and mm-hmm. I'm fine with that if he is in fact meant to be a gremlin and. and because that's what they do right they're just mm-hmm. mischievous they just destroy ships but by turning it into an energy eater and then using the bomb to to feed him uh then it, they should have changed his behavior you know why did he kill the why did he kill the pilot they, well, he's not the pilot but why they kill the, the head medic it seemed deliberate it kind of did
1: but imply implies right. intelligent
0: yeah Lured him in, then it kicked him out. <laughs> been, you know, if he'd been laughing, that would have been more. But I, yeah, I just, I those two aims, those two aspects of the story is like, is it, is it here to eat your energy? Because all it has to do is eat your energy and then leave, and then off you go. And yeah, fine, it destroys your ship, but you don't have to do all the nonsense in between. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would have. But I still would have preferred that story to be the run-through from beginning to end um, without having to deal with the alien baby being born. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about, a, talk about the classic, oh, look, the power's gone out and we're in an elevator.
1: Well, it's, you know, and it's, it's actually sort of the same thing that we saw with a Star Trek episode that was, I want to say, was fifth season
0: Oh, and Keiko had her baby?
1: Keiko had her baby in 10 Ford and Worf had to deliver her. And it was amidst the, the Enterprise uh, coming across, um, uh, I believe it was a cosmic filament.
0: Yeah. it's it, the Oh, my baby's coming now is the... I, I, and, I, and we discussed, and I, I think I was just listening to one of our podcasts. Oh, I was just listening to Fire in Space. And um, we were talking about the fact that you didn't like the towering Inferno... And I've never seen The Towering Inferno, but it would not surprise me if you said right now, oh, yes, there was a woman delivering a baby in The Towering Inferno, because it's such a cliche.
1: It pretty much is, it feels
0: that way, doesn't it? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's happened so many different times. I mean, I honestly think twice if an elevator opens up and there's a heavily pregnant woman in it. Mm Mm-hmm. I think, I'm not getting that elevator, because as soon as I get in that elevator... You know that elevator's going to stop, and you're going to have to get, deliver the baby. Stuck, and we're going to have to deliver that baby. And that is not my worst fear about being trapped in an elevator. But, but it's one that makes, gives me, makes me think that we will be trapped in the elevator mm-hmm. <clears> on <throat> that trip. So now, now it's extended to hospital spaceships. Get on a hospital spaceship with a pregnant man, and... It's uh, going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what is the Tsurunga conundrum?
1: That's a great question. I don't have an answer. Okay,
0: just checking. I mean, they got the name Tsuranga in there, but can't quite figure out what the conundrum is. Neither could I. Unless they're just trying to say a problem is a conundrum. Therefore, they're having a problem. Therefore, it's. It could have called it Tsuranga problem. <clears throat> um. Okay. Well, then, then let's. Um, I think we've already talked about the the pating in in. Everything that we need to know about it. I mean, it's a it. it, It's a plot gimmick creature. Oh, you can't touch it. Oh, because it's toxic. It it eats. It eats anything. Oh, uh, it's invulnerable to virtually all weapons except for a moment or two. Uh, I mean, it's it's the ultimate. We're not going to defeat this. We have to find some non. Hey, Ryan didn't even pick up a gun. No, he didn't. But the doctor well, the had no problem when Yaz and uh, Android Boy. Yeah, but this is for the purpose of, I mean, it
1: was the only thing that they knew that could actually temporarily stop it, and that is the stun gun. Yeah.
0: yeah. It was, like to it was with purely, to,
1: purely to stun it. But, you know, there were other things going on. You know, it, Again, we saw, saw something really interesting in the doctor's personality in this one. Oh. And, <laughs> okay. Let's see if you got the same one I have go oh geez well i don't know i just watched it uh, a few you know like an hour or so ago so um but the th- i kind of hard to put my finger on it now but i just felt like that th- there was just something really off with the doctor's personality on this particular episode um and i i can't and unfortunately i can't i can't put my finger on it
0: is it because she's running around uh, clamping on her guts the whole time
1: yeah yeah that got a little old I mean, and there was no real
0: development out of that. Yes, I can't figure out why it, it that didn't was. go. It didn't
1: go anywhere. Yeah, it, it, I, I was waiting for some kind of uh, fallout for that, and maybe there will be in a later episode. But by the time we got to the end, it's like okay, there, there, there doesn't seem to be anything in, in relation to that. I mean, it, like what, that didn't go anywhere.
0: What I'm, what I'm eternally thankful for is that nobody asked the doctor if she had cramps. Oh, jeez. Um, but I cannot, for the life of me, figure out why they just went on and on about the pain that the doctor yeah, those, was in. Yeah, there was no real purpose to that.
1: No, there was something more about the doctor's um, attitude in this, in this episode that had me, at, at first it had me questioning uh, where Chris Chibnall is trying to take this character of the doctor. But then as it kind of went on, I began to realize that we're seeing probably one of the most um, I don't know, flawed is the right word, but certainly, I mean, not just forget, forget the the whole gender change. I mean, in, just in terms of personality and what uh, almost like value based decisions that the doctor operates on, it, it almost feels like you know, we're we're looking at a very very flawed, good, uh, you know, s- you know, still trying to do the good thing kind of person, but
0: just really really flawed time lord well i think i think there's that i think we definitely have a doctor here who is not and again unfortunately this may come off sounding like it's something to do with regards to the gender thing we have the same thing of a sort with peter davison you know it's a conscientious effort to make the doctor less of a superhero Mm -hmm. which i like so you know it may be that um there were a couple of aspects in the doctor's personality that i that particularly on the second watch I noticed her duh face really irritates me mm. she does it a couple times in the course of that she she sneers her face sidewards and uh, sideways kind of one side down one side up mm-hmm. and and you know you can just hear him go well duh! just the feels like that's what's gonna come out of her mouth at that moment and it it Weird, weird, it doesn't seem to fit. Again, admittedly, the Doctor is at vastly more intelligent than all these creatures, so you would expect them to possibly not <clears throat> uh, value the intelligence of the lesser beings as much as you might. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing is, and I'm, I'm going to come back to this because I pointed it out in an earlier episode, geez, sorry, so many times, sorry, even with the mind, sorry, it's it seems to be the defining piece, and I think that's self-doubt. I think that's the piece that Chibnall is trying to put here. It's not necessarily the... I mean, it's partially the flawed, but I think it's its also... I think it's self-doubt. I think this doctor Could be. is not a raving egomaniac. And so... Uh, <clears throat> you know, the one time she says it, the second time she says it um, is when the the head technician points out to her correctly that her desire to hijack the ship will prevent other people from getting the medical attention that right, they need. Right. And that, that and
1: that was that and thank you. That is the moment. That was the that was the moment where I thought, okay, you know, I, at least we've got the voice of reason here who can convince to the convince the doctor that she's going about this all wrong. And I thought that was a I, that actually kind of bothered me a little bit because despite the fact that the doctor has in the past made some incorrect decisions, um usually they've not been on that kind of a scale where other people's lives could potentially be a jeopardy
0: think apply insecurity to this i have to get back to my tardis i've got to get it i'll lose it i've got my it's it's it seems to be this sort of driving driving component and i don't think it's i don't think it's unintentional um the other time was you know at the at the mine and I, i i am don't even want to go with the concept of were those metal detectors they looked like metal detectors but obviously mm. if they were metal detectors they would have detected everything <laughs> standing right. around in that junk right heap. right exactly so then i was thinking that they were that part detectors but obviously they weren't detecting that part they were detecting a sonic mine right first word out of the doctor's mouth sorry sorry i've killed you all Sorry. Yeah, and I, I, I will I'd admit I'm mind. getting a little tired of that. It seems to be her default it, response.
1: Sorry. I know. Well, it, it I, I and mean, some people again, are like that. Well, yeah, and I don't have a problem with the doctor, you know, not being you know the big superhero, you know, demigod kind of character that we've been having for the you know last several generations. Uh, I I like the fact that we have a doctor that is kind of flawed, but it's like. Um, it makes, like, makes like one good decision for every five bad, it seems like. That's kind of seen that way. Well, and that's that something high, I don't like. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm exaggerating, but that's yeah. what it feels like. You know, and right out of the gate, we, as you said, we got this, oh, sorry, and I thought, oh, man, do we have to
0: like start off the episode that way? I, 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 I also question the Doctor's reaction to that. Um... What is it? It's a sonic mine. Is it, you know, if I can put it in temporal lock, no, I can't put it in temporal lock. It's going to go off. How long is it going to, don't run, you know, nobody run, don't run, don't run. Oh, we're yeah, we're doing Three seconds. Why not tell them to run? I mean, she literally stood on a sonic mine. Yeah, I mean, there was plenty they, they, of time to at least get, take cover. Here's what I'm thinking. Sonic mines aren't a very good mine, right? I mean, they survived it. Mm -hmm. They survived it long enough for the robot diggers to find their bodies and get a medical ship out to them and fix them. That's not a very good mine. No, it isn't. You know, from from the standpoint of presumably a mine is to kill people, because that's what it sounds like. Well, they do give
1: some little explanation what the purpose of the sonic mine is, and that is it's supposed to really mess up your insides. That sounded fatal to me. It did, and yet, uh, it... Well, if we m- got you maybe, in time, you'll survive. Maybe it is fatal to, like, you know, Kibans and Time Lords, but maybe not humans.
0: Or the efficient people. Mm. What, was the, what was the pregnant guy?
1: Oh, a, God. Geflin? G- uh, yeah, something like that. A, something yeah. like that. Gelfling. <laughs> yeah, sure. But something like that. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that's my takeaway on this, on this um, that maybe that's the direction they're going with this doctor, It's a little bit more insecure. And and I have no idea why they were so keen on making her be injured for longer than everyone else.
1: That That is the big mystery. Like I said, the only thing that might make sense is if we get into the next episode. And the the trailer, you know, the, the brief five-second trailer we got didn't seem to indicate anything about that. But unless we see some kind of carryover from this episode into the next, I don't see why they did such a big deal about her having the sore uh you know the sore innards unless it was an attempt to try to slow her up but then if that's the case i'm sure there were other more organic ways that would have worked that would have seemed like less less of a red
0: herring Mm. well yeah it didn't seem to really slow her up not that much no no all right um let's take a look at the pregnant alien story or as i like to call it the side the sidelining for Graham and Ryan. Yeah. Um okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> fine, they want to do this. Obviously they it's hurt so red d- it's, Well, it's
1: so red dwarf. Yeah, it's just kind of I mean it, it, it almost felt like silly. comic relief. Yes, it's almost silly. yeah. You but know, then again, we've... maybe it was also to serve as some kind of an attempt for Ryan to try to reconcile some of the, the negative feelings he has towards his own father. Oh, yeah. Because out of that, we do get the conversation between Ryan and Yaz
0: about how he feels, you know, regarding his dad. <laughs> I have those listed as the boring dad conversation, the boring dead mom conversation, and glad we had so much time to kill conversation. Yeah. Um those are the parts of the problem with the story. It's like this this is what we're concerned about because this seems to be the emotional impact of the story. Is to see, you know, Ryan's struggles and I, I didn't care for it. And I I I suppose it might have some resonating truth with somebody or some emotional impact on somebody, but to me it was just uh and now let's take some time off. From our exciting adventure story, and and remind everyone that Chris Chibnall really would like to be a serious writer of deep drama, hmm. um, which he can do. I'm not, i not. I I've watched Broadchurch, uh, Church, um, and it was entertaining. So you know, it's not Doctor Who, but it, it was entertaining. So, mm-hmm. um, but then I yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, just, it's it's literally it's it's literally just filler. I do want to ask how. Um, How do these people um, feed their babies? No idea. Yeah, okay. Thought that. No idea. No, no, I'm not, no. Thought thought that my question might have some, (coughs) wouldn't say legs, but um, uh, like no answer because it wasn't well thought out.
1: No, it's not a well thought out idea. Uh, Interesting little twist about how the males only give birth to, to Babe, you know, males and the females give birth to females, and I thought, you know, you, if we really wanted to get uh, put this under a microscope, uh, I have a funny feeling it it would really uh, open up a big can of worms.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Also, how exactly do you? Co- <clears throat> All right, let me let me let me rephrase this. So humans, when they give birth, um, frequently require medical assistance. Fair enough. Right. And um, and and to do with pain relief sometimes to do with complications in birth because of you know the changes that have occurred to us because of evolution standing changing in hip positions the way that the, the brain size all of the, the skull size all of these things have resulted in uh, childbirth not being as easy as it is for say the cat <laughs> so, mm. okay and so we could kind of expect something like that from our from our aliens in this story. So, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll allow that one. But a human can give birth on their own if they have to. Yeah. It, it does happen. Human,
1: well, uh, he, the human species has been doing it um, for a lot longer than with assistance, I think.
0: Right. I, mean, I, I don't know what they were doing in Bronze Age times, but it sounds like perhaps people helping out has been there. But, I mean... you're It can happen, right? And it can happen. You can have a perfectly fine baby, and the baby comes out. It's an umbilical cord, and there's an afterbirth. gets (laughs) out in in revolting fashion. And um, I'm not saying that from trauma, or maybe I am. I don't know. Um, But, you know, there's a big deal about cutting the cord Mm -hmm. for humans. It's a a thing that they like to let dads do now. It's like, oh, you can cut the cord. It's It's, a bonding moment, I guess. It's a bonding moment, right? Um, and and obviously they do cut the cord; it'll fall off. Otherwise, if they waited long enough, but they they cut the cord. But in this, we're specifically told that you have to cut both umbilical well, cords simultaneously. Reason. Yeah, now it sounds like a medical reason. And it's like, if that's the case, how did this come about?
1: How, Are you talking? How did it, I I'm talking the physiological evolution? Yes. Why this isn't that? I that's a great question. I yes. don't have an answer. Much like I mean, again, as I said, if you were to really put this under some kind of a microscope it's going to open up i think a lot of uncomfortable questions and i'm not talking you know, you know like social or cultural uncomfortable questions but a lot of uh scientific uncomfortable questions you just didn't think this through when you no. came up
0: with this idea you just thought well, this will be funny oh, we got a couple of jokes in there about oh, i couldn't do that no he really couldn't do that it's like oh huh. <laughs> okay anyway. um I don't have anything else on that. It just I, I didn't care for the story. Um I mean I guess it's empowering for kids. I think it you was You grow up and you can be you can have a baby too.
1: Yeah, but I I really think that the angle was not the reason it wasn't really well thought out is I think it was meant to serve as some sort of vehicle to address Ryan and his father and that whole uh relationship issue. So because I think that was supposed to be the heart of the matter for this particular subplot, Chibnall put very little thought into uh the actual pregnant guy. Just a
0: thought. I I think you're probably fairly say that. So did we ascertain in this episode, because I watched it twice and I didn't get an absolute confirmation of this that Ryan's dad left when his mom died? Kinda seems that way. I I, I Had never gotten that. I mean, I just naturally assumed that Ryan's dad, you know, was a true proper deadbeat dad. Oh, you're pregnant? Goodbye. Kind of thing. Um, But based on that dialogue where he says, I guess I look a lot like my mom and my dad loved her. So maybe it was too hard on him. That made it sound like that that he ditched him at age 13. Yeah. Which now I got to say. In a way, that's really epically bad, Dad.
1: Oh, that is bad, Dad. Yeah, no question.
0: In fact, <laughs> that, I even one, made that one. I
1: even made the comment. I said, "Well, gee, you know that really could, you know that could scar Ryan. I could see that." But I mean, seriously, that's you, bad, Dad.
0: He's you've if you've been living with your kid, and now you just take <laughs> for a thirteen years old, and then when mom dies, you go, "Yeah, I'm out." I'm of now- here. That, yeah oh that is
1: bad okay. dad no question that's, and we and it is and again you know going back to the the very first episode where uh, Grace dies I mean it's his own it's his dad's own mother and he can't even deal with that and show up for her funeral so this is a guy who just runs away from anything that seems to be uh, the slightest bit uncomfortable
0: so yes Ryan's dad may be a more interesting character than Ryan but um but a nasty one. Perhaps he'll be a, maybe Maybe they can recruit him to the Stenza later in the series. Oh, who knows? Here's an interesting one. Speaking of the Doctor's personality, what did the Doctor do when the Doctor met General Cicero?
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, kind of, oh, I know who you are. La, 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 la,
0: la, yeah. I mean, just like gushed. Gushed. What does the doctor normally do when the doctor meets a military person? Oh, guns, military, stupid people.
1: Right? In the past, yes. Um, unless <laughs> there was something about the way this particular C- General Cicero, unless was something about the way that she conducted herself that appealed to the doctor's
0: values. I obviously we don't get that. I just thought... It, it, mm. it didn't occur to me in the second time around, and then it's like, yeah, you know, typically speaking, you put a title like general in front of somebody, and the doctor is immediately dismissive of them, mm-hmm. disdainful of them. I mean, you must be. They got to be a general in the military, and military is bad, ergo... Er- true, but I'm, I'm coming... Generals be awful.
1: Well, but that... I'm, I'm going to take a... Uh, I'm going to give the, this one a pass, because it sounds like... And again, I only watch it the one time, so maybe I missed something. But I got the feeling that there was something in the way uh, General Cicero, you know, whatever whatever campaign it was that got her famous, there was something in the manner in which she did it that did not go against the doctor's ethics, shall we say? Uh, so, the, in other words, she didn't fall into the same camp as. Some of the other military people have done in the past. I mean, I I can think of a number of times where the doctor has just completely chastised uh, the brigadier for, you know, being being a bit of a, you know, a jughead. And I just get the feeling that with Cicero, maybe she maybe she did something uh, on a more pacifistic kind of approach that saved lives. Who knows? I I don't know what. Like I said, only watched it the one time. So maybe I did miss something there. there. I don't think but I, I, but yet. no, I don't think there. I I don't remember there being anything there. I thought it was interesting that the doctor did kind of like almost you know genuflect in front of her.
0: She gushed, uh, yeah.
1: But to just t- to analyze it, all I can think of is that Cicero must have done something that the doctor liked. Well, I
0: don't think we're ever going to find out.
1: No, we're not going to find out now. Cicero's so, dead. I mean,
0: so now we're. I mean. And it's perfectly fine interpretation. It's, I mean, it's going to be headcanon because they're never going to give us that piece of information. So this is just on a data point, suddenly, military general, this one she likes. Kind yeah. Of, kind of weird. Um, did you notice, again, we had what I'm now going to start calling the Ian Chester's moment of science. Oh, that whole episode. bit with the antimatter? Yeah. you. I'm going to admit, I rather liked it. Yeah, but it does, it does harken back very much. And, and we've had this in this series, harkens back to this, you know, we had the, the uh, acetylene and uh, I don't remember if there was one in the first one or not, but um, <clears throat> it it very much feels like an homage to the first Doctor's first team Yeah, on that. And I'll so be So, again, this is, is
1: this more of Chibnall trying to show off what a Doctor Who fan he really is by bringing back these elements that maybe he, that really appealed to him in Classic Who?
0: I kind of liked them in a way. Oh,
1: I did I mean, too. I'm not complaining. So I'm not, I, I, I'm just, I was it, pleased with it. In fact, uh, when they went through the whole explanation, I turned to Keith and said, you know, that actually wasn't bad science. But
0: um, then the doctor starts getting a little weird. After going through the whole explanation of the science, and then suddenly it's the. I love this. It, yeah. You know, the, the whole. And the. It, directing yeah, that on was that a little was weird. Quite weird with the, that was you know, weird. With the hands and the lecturing and the, and the, the whole. That
1: was and, the other thing. The. And, I, and this is this is just a side point, but it really it almost took me out. And that is why this unusual close up of the hands as the doctor is gushing about how much she loves this. It was it was a little too artsy fartsy, just even for that one really brief moment. I thought, well, that was a weird shot. I mean, granted, does It doesn't really amount to anything. No, but watching this episode, it was.
0: Almost a tiny bit jarring, and yet you and I both saw it. So yeah. therefore, it's not our imagination. No, no, it, I it, caught that, it very much. There was a little bit of blur in there too at times during those sequences. There were some close-ups of her face. There were some close-ups of the hands. There were there was some uh, shifts in the way that the that the cameras were blurring the image. It, it was it was intended to be something. It was it was intended to be part of the the passion. The doctor and this... But it was just... It's just... Yeah, it, it it started to take me out because it was jarring from the rest of the look, which I will say, I thought the rest of it looked great. I thought as a hospital ship goes...
1: Oh, there was some great production values,
0: no question. It was a uh, slick-looking episode. I like the design a lot better than I do a lot of the designs they have for spaceships um, in latter years. It, it looked like somebody's idea of a hospital in space. Um, so... Uh, you know, it's just it's, uh, that odd, that odd choice uh, at that point. Um, let's see what else. Well, I'm curious to find out if next time. I mean, obviously, when we went back in time to Rosa, we got our history lesson.
1: Yeah, I kind of get the feeling we're going to get it again. We are
0: absolutely going to get it
1: again. I mean, if the we're, we're talking about that, yeah, exactly. If we're hitting that, and then to make it personal for Yaz, uh, they're they're talking about. Like like a grandmother, I think, or a great grandmother. I can't remember now. But it's like uh, an ancestor.
0: Did Did you see anything in this one uh, that looked like it was um, had space aliens in it?
1: No, it was too quick. Well, there I was have a, to watch second it a second one. That, time
0: there was a second one that aired right after the episode. Oh, uh, I didn't see I that. Was, you didn't see that. You catch it in replay, but uh, yeah, yeah, on the, I, I, on the I, BBC I, there was that little tiny one, and then when the credits ended, there was a much longer one.
1: Yeah, we we weren't able to watch it live off the BBC, so yeah, we had. We, we, no idea, um although it doesn't surprise me because i've seen that happen before I think um oh gosh, it was a past episode, yeah, where
0: i they ran a second longer little bit, no missed it so and i don't recall anything in that being space aliens or anything, so it, it could be again we're we're putting out there might be a true historical here um could be again <clears throat> we'll have our science episode we'll have our history episode Ian and barbara it it's um they don't have anybody on board to do the barber bit. So in this case, so in Rosa's case, of course, we had one of the companions was a big fan. And uh, and then in, in Yaz's, or in the next one's case, it'll be Yaz having her personal connection to it. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I think we're going to, I definitely think we're going to get our episode towards the later part where we, we see the invention of the motor bus.
1: You, gotta, you, have, you have to have something for Graham.
0: Yeah, Graham's going to have his... Uh, Gotta have his thing. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Let's see. What else have I got? I have the question of the clever Sonic. Oh yeah. Oh, oh it's yeah. what a clever Sonic! It's self rebooting. Didn't you? You build built it. That? You should know. <laughs> with with stone knives and bearskins, right. basically. I
1: mean, I right. don't take objection to the doctor creating. Uh, the sonic screwdriver although the manner in which it was done this time is a little uh, unusual um, but you'd think that she would know that it can reboot I, I don't know I found that a little a, a
0: little peculiar anyway um, oh 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 I do have two things um, two more things I'm just gonna put in a shout out for the great earth hero avocado pear oh yeah that was funny I wish we'd heard more. I wish we'd heard more names in the in in that culture, because I think the pregnant guy's name was Yas, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, it's Yas. So obviously, if you heard somebody named Yaz, that that probably doesn't sound too weird. No, in fact, but apparently who knows? Ryan Maybe and Yaz Graham my, is pretty. You know, and,
1: what? True. My. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be weird because, as as Yas said, you know, the kid would be a laughing stock if you named him you know ryan Graham or graham ryan um you know and, and actually that kind of i don't know if the word structure in the what's it 67th century yeah. i think they said this was 67 yeah if if it takes some of the same masculine feminine kind of approaches that uh the, the romantic languages do here on earth uh i could see like yas being masculine Yaz being the feminine you know so uh there could have been a really great opportunity for some name play to take place there. Just, just, just a weird
0: idle thought. Mm. Finally, for me, the android. Oh the yeah, clone that droid. Made the droid that clone. The
1: useless, except what? for the fact that. Oh yeah, okay. The the android can touch the pating, although that it didn't never came to anything. It it, it never happened.
0: But of course. Now, well, okay. So here's the question. I mean, he called it a couple things. He called it a like a drone clone, a clone drone or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Which and he goes, yeah, android. So what is it? Is it a clone? Is it an android? I think it's an
1: android that's supposed <clears throat> to uh, that is supposed to look like somebody else. So is it
0: biomechanical or is it strictly mechanical? No, I think it was just uh uh derogatory. Okay. <clears throat> so one of the reasons it might not have taken the creature out and, thrown it away is because it could eat him that's a good point i mean if especially if he is fully android yeah I, i'm i'm not 100 percent convinced that yaz is kicking <clears throat> the that gremlin was absurd would have but been the most there. efficient way to throw it further away No, or or well or stunning it and throwing it at an airlock um but yeah uh, i suppose it would have come back see i was expecting it to come back anyway mean, so mm-hmm. what if it's full here is the question. The android is her consort. Right. Do they mean that in the consort meaning of the word? I believe they did. And I believe that he is an
1: android that was designed uh, to uh, resemble, replicate, dupl- not replicate, but resemble somebody that she knew who is now dead. That's, that was the implication that I was getting. And of course, I'm reading into it. So I could be way off base but that yeah, was the I, feeling that I got, and that's why the brother uh, kept using the clone word. And again, but not not in a literal sense, but to be kind of
0: insulting. Yeah, he was obviously uh, he was obviously insulting to it, it at at any, at all times. But it just just was it was a very weird
1: element because it served really no purpose. So it's
0: it's her robotic sex toy.
1: Okay, so what? Yeah, I mean it. There is no further development in that relationship. It's just stated, and then that's it. Uh, and anything that the this this android could do that would separate it, you know, or differentiate it from the rest of the crew never happens. There is nothing to set it apart. Nope. From any of the the humans or or, or the Kibans that are on that ship. So why?
0: I can give you a, a speculation. Go for it. If if what, if what you have intuited is that it was meant to be a clone of a known person. I didn't actually get that, but I, I can see it now that you say it. So that, mm-hmm. that could failure on my part. <clears throat> then this relationship should stir up some emotions in either Ryan or Graham. Um. Particularly Ryan. It's like, just as he's having his coming to grasp with a guy who doesn't want his son he could also come to grasp with seeing how the brother has such a problem with a member of his family taking on a a replacement
1: mm-hmm. yeah it it could have served as a really good uh, parable almost or an analogy to the relationship between Ryan and Graham but again nothing was done with it so it i if there was something that was supposed to happen. If there was supposed to be some kind of meaning to uh the android's presence, well, you know, hey,
0: lost opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did think he did a very credible imitation of a robot of death at one point. Some of his intonations was just like um <clears throat> from Robots of Death. I was I was very impressed. It's like, oh, I hope he watched that and was doing that on purpose. because Very good. Yeah. Very good. <clears throat> Who knows? Maybe it's the future of them. Could anyway. be. Uh, have you got anything else? I got
1: nothing else on this particular episode except to say that, again, it felt like it's just there. Uh, I felt that there were some missed opportunities. Lots of missed opportunities. I mean, nothing nothing tragic or nothing egregious, but a lot of wasted Uh, opportunities to explore some interesting ideas unless they're going to come into play later on, which is very possible, Mm. but I'm not holding my breath. And if that is correct, then yeah, this is an episode that was simply there and ultimately serves no purpose. I mean, I understand. And we've talked about this, how Chris Chibnall is trying to create just a bunch of standalones, but... I would like to see some kind of ramification that might carry over. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to create this big story arc of a situation, but it wouldn't it wouldn't be too bad to see something happen in one episode and kind of see maybe some little minor fallout, like we're seeing with the whole Ryan Graham thing. I mean, that that's continuing to play out a little bit. Uh, I see that relationship thawing between the two of them slowly. Um, and I actually hoped that this episode we would have seen more thawing out of that, but not didn 't really happen
0: didn 't get the fist bump you wanted no, I,
1: I actually wanted that fist bump. I really did because <laughs> I, I, I because it's it 's really symbolic of Ryan beginning to kind of come to terms with uh who Graham is
0: supposed to be, I and mean, you know graham didn 't check out he stuck there. he stayed there his mom yeah that 's right, his wife died, and he stayed for Ryan he stayed for Ryan. And and Ryan's not getting that. So it would have been nice to have Talk seen a better, um, uh,
1: better understanding on Ryan's part about that, among other things. But no, it didn't happen. So what do we have? We have an episode that is just simply there. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great.
0: It's just there. Mm. All right. Well, uh, next time when we're talking about Doctor Who, it's going to be the Demons of the Punjab. And uh, I think we have the next two titles for episodes after that. We should. Uh, At least one more. There. Kerblam! Oh, God, really? That's an a exclamation title? point. Oh. And The Witchfinders. So hmm. Kerblam! must be a spacey science episode with an Ian Chesterton moment of science. And The Witchfinders will be an exciting romp into a historical period of time where we can learn about probably the uh, witch smellers. Persuident. Anyway, <clears throat> right. You just watch Blackadder for that. <laughs> ben, thank you for joining me. Oh, a pleasure. Listeners, I do hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. Cheers. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more. At Patreon.com slash Fusion Patrol. Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at FusionPatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.